Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hi, you guys, and welcome to another week's episode of Why Am I Sad? I'm Zoe B. I'm Cass. I'm George. And I'm Tom. And we're fine. Hello, sunshine. Hello, blue skies. Hello, lovely day. So fine. So fine. So fine that we decided we're going to answer some of your questions. And I've uh, picked a doozy. Oh. You love picking doozy. I love picking a, a doozy. So it's a long one. Picking so a doozy sounds like you're doing. You're literally so, pulling a shit right. out of your butthole. I'm Sorry, picking, that's <laughs> all right. That's not what that phrase means at all. But that's no. okay. what it sounds like. Tom's right. That's what, thank you. Thank you. Picking Cass. a doozy. I mean, I, yeah. I thought of boogers before I thought yeah, of bum. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought boogers you, first. Well, that's then, you don't yeah. pick your bum. You pick your boogers. I mean, okay, okay, okay. All right, Tom. That silence is deafening. That's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just start reading. It's a weird way so to it's start. Just, it's, it's just like quite it's, an intense question. I feel like if it's long, just, if it's a doozy, it's, it's a doozy. So, so bear with me because it is long. So, like, take it in. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. So I'm working through a lot at the moment. My friends and family don't seem to quite understand. So I thought, hey, why not message four people in Australia and see if they do. Mm-hmm. Some background. I've suffered from chronic depression for so long that I actually don't ever remember being happy. I grew up with a narcissist slash depressive mother and emotionally distant father, and I'm the eldest daughter to an immigrant family. In November 2018, despite my years of keeping my shit together, I finally exploded and had a horrific mental breakdown. My family did not get it. I was ostracized for it and had a huge falling out with my sister, who I'd previously been very close to, because she couldn't understand my depression. Our relationship is still super fragile to this day. Anyway, cut to 2021. After years of therapy and medication, I'm still in a bad place. It's so frustrating to have learned so much in therapy about the causes of my depression, about the impact of my mum's narcissism and what it had on me, the generational trauma that comes with being from an immigrant family. And it feels so frustrating to be in my 30s now and still dealing with this Mm -hmm. shit. In more fun news, I was also diagnosed with endometriosis. I've had PCOS since I was 16, but this additional diagnosis really rocked me. I realized I couldn't have children without a lot of medical assistance, and even then it wouldn't be likely. So I've decided I'd rather not put myself through all the emotional, physical, and mental pain of trying to conceive 
when I can accept my lot in life as hard as it is and be child-free. This decision has also led me to breaking up with my boyfriend. Before breaking up with him, I'd asked him to reflect and decide whether or not he did want kids. For me, I'd always been raised with the idea of being a mother. For him, it was still something for the future. Classic dude. Mm. He decided he did want to be a father and wasn't open to adoption. He said he would be happy to be child-free as long as we did everything we could try and that, quote, it would be different if I was completely infertile, end quote. I gave him a- As tr- in he was? Oh, he, she was. I think she was. Yeah. Oh. She was. She was. Yeah. She was, right. Mm-hmm. Hate that. I gave him a choice. Do you want to be with me or do you want children? Because for me, I don't want to go through that. I'd rather protect myself from the pain. And of course, he wanted both. We consistently had this discussion. He eventually became more withdrawn from himself. And I don't blame him for having his own mental health issues. For our own mental health, I said we needed to break up. It's been six months and I thought I was fine because our relationship fizzled out when we were together. But when I saw him again at a mutual friends event, I realized I still loved him. I recognized that our relationship had become super toxic and logically I know we don't belong together because of the kids issue, but I can't help how I feel. I've recently qualified as a lawyer, something that has taken six years to do. I've started a new job, but I don't like it. It was How are you doing this much in your life? How are you doing that much in your life? There was this huge anti-climax to qualifying. Having worked so hard to become a lawyer and then reaching my goal and nothing changed. I tried to celebrate it. I took my family out to expensive dinners to thank them for all their support during the process, all of which they weren't grateful for. I'm throwing a party in a few weeks to celebrate qualifying too, but it's still so empty. I have to fight the urge to cancel the party. I feel really lonely. All my close friends have just gotten married, so they're in this happy little bubble. And although I've reached out to a few, it's hard for them to relate. It's hard breaking up in lockdown because you can't have the same closure. Like you're just trapped in your house, overthinking everything and overeating. I've tried going on the apps and have had mostly shitty dates. The dates have been fine, but I just don't have the energy to open up to people again. I'm starting to worry it's me. Am I too crazy for love or do I just bring everyone down? I don't know how to ask for help because throughout my life I wasn't given help. I had to figure out how to take care of myself and my family. People always say, let me know if I can do anything, but what does that mean? What do I need you to do? Even my therapist was shocked when I told her I don't know how to ask for help. The whole notion is so foreign to me. I'm trying to get my shit sorted. I've booked boxing classes. I've booked in sessions with a PT to get back into shape to have something to do. I'm in contact with my GP, trying to get it back on medication and to get therapy in the UK, but it's a long slog. My GP appointment is two weeks away and the wait list for therapy is six to 12 months long. I think I have ADHD, but again, stuck in the cycle of waiting for a diagnosis, the wait list, et cetera, et cetera. I'm also living with my family at the moment and I'm trying to find a place to rent or buy, but since everyone's coming back to London, the prices have exploded. Plus, whenever a viewing comes around, it seems so overwhelming, so I just cancel them. I need to buy a car. I need to get a haircut. I need to start buying clothes that fit me because my current clothes don't fit anymore due to the overeating. 
at least I got my nails done and that's one thing off my list. <laughs> I need to recreate train my dog. I need to lose 10 kilos. I need to call up the hospital and book in an endo appointment. I need to go food shopping. I need to order my friend's wedding present, even though her wedding was months ago. I don't know, guys. Everything just seems so overwhelming and frustrating to deal with. So what do I do? That is so much. So much. I think putting that all together, no wonder you feel very overwhelmed. That is Mm. so much for anyone to be dealing with. That's just Um, a lot for, for like, like individually all of those is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. One thing of that would be heaps. You mentioned you have lists and you're not sure where to ask for help. I Look, as a starting point, I would suggest giving yourself a starting point. So if you can write, even if it takes you like a week to just get everything down on paper or whatever, I'd get a big bit of paper and put it into categories of like things you can get done like within an afternoon to like goals that are going to take years to achieve mm. or like months to achieve and like or put them in some sort of time whack or something so that if you end up having a listen you've got things like you know get your nails done get a haircut you know you've got small things there and then you've got medium-sized things of like you know i think you said you've got doctor's appointments yeah doctor's appointments like finding like some things are going to take a bit more research or going to take a number of phone calls to follow up on things like that and then eventually too like if if you're looking to lose weight or train your dog things are going to take consistent things over time if you've got them all written down if you've got friends around you who say how can i help they can help you by figuring out how to help you. Like, that still counts as help. Mm. If you don't know how to ask for help, you can bring them over and be like, I don't know how you can help me. Can your help be figuring out how to help? Yeah. And you can show them your big lists and be like, these are all of the things I need to do. And when I look at these all at once, it is overwhelming. Can you help me sort of break it down? Because you might have a friend who will come over, like, and I feel like everyone does have their little skills. Like, you know, you might have a friend who comes over and is like, "Oh my god, I can make phone calls for you. I'll book all these appointments." Yeah, done. I'll do. I'll do these, and yeah. that's done. Or you might have someone who's like, "Oh, you know, my aunt trains dogs. I I can get some tips on how to train dogs. So then that little bit of mental labor you don't have to do anymore. Mm. Even so, even just busy. having them tag along to like the boring stuff as well. Yeah, you know, because so we've helpful. Maybe she's got we've a spoken. Friend. A list, yeah, just an uh, someone who's be like, Fuck yeah. yes, a list. Oh, Let's make a list. Yes, yeah. I will make. Everyone this list has a friend who is secretly horny for admin. Yeah. Mm. Oh my god. At least the yeah. list part. The list part is satisfying. My like, favorite how long thing will this is take? riding Two up minutes? a budget. Oh. Yeah, I think That's, there's there's yeah. something to be said about having a friend also. Yeah, come along with you for the boring thing, or not the boring things, but the like smaller things, because we I think we've spoken about it in an episode before, Cass, where we were saying that. Having a friend tag along while you do errands isn't a very Australian thing. Mm. That it's not a very worldly thing where, like, like Cass and I will have the dynamic where I can be like, I have to go do this. Do you just want to be there? Oh, and it helps. And so it helps much. because then you're like, well, I've invited them to go go get a haircut. Like, yeah. So they, they, I'm now responsible not only for my own haircut, but also if I bail, then are they going to get their haircut? It's a whole thing. Mm. I'll tell you Invite what. other people along go. for the house inspections mm. too. Mm. Oh my god, so helpful because then you can have someone to bounce ideas off of. This I actually did this last week and I didn't initiate it. Uh, my brother saw the state of my car, Hayden, and he was like, "Hey, why haven't you fixed this?" And I was like, "I haven't had time." And he's like, "What are you doing Tuesday?" And I'm like, uh, "Nothing." He's like, "I'm coming with you and we're sorting your car out." And then so for the whole day, like I t- I picked him up and then he's like, "Okay." Item number one, what do we? He looked at everything, and because it's not his overwhelming mess that mm. has plagued him for half a year, 
he was able to look at everything and be like, where does that need to go? I'm like, oh, I have to, that's e-waste. I need to take it to Officeworks. And so we went into the Officeworks and then they, the bins weren't right. So then we got, got to the counter and he was like, oh, hey, what other kinds of e-waste do you take? <laughs> and she was like, oh, what do you have? And we just dropped everything off. She's like, yeah, we can take all of this. And I had like a discarded blender and I never would have, like that, that, task had been festering and some batteries were like literally corroding it was like getting gross but because it was like a big task my brain had been like big hard and yeah Hayden literally was like oh hey where does this need to go and then ask the question it took no mental energy for him because it hadn't been snowballing <laughs> for the better part of a year uh, oh no that's been in my car since I moved house so it hadn't been snowballing for over a year. So no. <laughs> but that's the thing, like um other people are not gonna have the same like labor things for their tasks. Everyone has their own different skills. And we went to a thing. He was like, What do you want to do? And I was like, We should eat lunch. He's like, Okay, well, let's go to Office Works first. Let's drop this off at the op shop. Let's do this. And he all of a sudden was doing things that were of no effort to him because he just looked at them and was like, Oh, do this. Yeah. I think it's like my car's clean now. It's not been that way for a year. I think it's one of those weird things about like how how much life is admin and like how much of your life falling apart is literally just a good list <laughs> that knock, mm. knocking down a good list away from being like much more in order because you just get so overwhelmed yeah. Yeah. and it's like um, yeah. and but if you're not a- in that mental state to be able to even like comprehend making a list yeah then having someone else there that you can bounce off like you know my best friend is a list person. And I know when I was going through my depression, it was like, let's make a list. And I was like, I don't want to see everything that I'm sad about written down in front of me. So instead of like making a list, it, it we, we started even smaller than that, where it was like, what's something you need to do today? Like what's one small thing that you can do? And so for me, because I was so far gone, I was like, I got a shower. And it was like, okay, that's one task. That's one thing that we're going to add onto the list because that was something I really struggled with when, when I was in the middle of all of it. Is, it was, yeah. She would sit there. It was like, I cannot s- express to you the amount of times that she sat there like on a closed toilet seat while she's like, go grab a shower. And I'm like, I don't want to. And she's like, well, we're both in the bathroom now. What do you think's going to happen? <laughs> she sounds great. It's like, oh. And that's good. And that's what you need yeah. people to help you with. Yeah. I think, I, it, it is mind-blowing when you're so stuck in it, how not overwhelming your tasks are to someone else mm. because of all of the attachments we have in our own brain for them. And that's not any failing of you. Every single person has that. Like, you, I know everyone would have had this thing where someone, you hear someone talk about, it was like, oh, I had to do this today. And you just have that moment of like, that's not hard. Mm. And for you, it absolutely wouldn't be. And if you had to do that task for that person, it just wouldn't even be hard. And how cool of that, how cool is it that you can give that gift to someone else to sit down with someone and have none of the mental burden and just help to like organize and detangle a bunch of stuff. And then they're just left with threads and you're like, I can help you with this. Mm. Yeah, sure. I get your friends to help you help them. Get to get your friends to help them to help you. Yes. Mm. And even, and even if, even if you, you're struggling to reach out to them and maybe they're busy and doing stuff, you can still find like the little things. Like you can still do the 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 haircut. A big look, big coming from me lecturing yeah. someone <laughs> and going to get a haircut. But as Zoe said, even if even if you're not making a list of like you know what's something that you could do today, and it can be as simple as I'm going to make a sandwich, 
and I'm going to put some salad in the sandwich so that I'm eating healthy already. Like just there mm. you go, mm. done. That's I'm now eating healthier. That's one thing done. Awesome. Yeah. And just even if it's as simple as all right, I've got to get a haircut. Okay, I will just today. I'm not going to book a hair appointment. I'm going to look up what kind of haircut I would like. I'm just going to Google some cool haircuts, or I'm going to. I'm going to, again, so hypocritical of me to do this, but, um, or I'm going to just Google hairdressers near me, like find, just, just do a bit of research. Research is a task. Yeah. And then you can take a break from the research and stare into the sky. Like, yeah, you can just have, you can have little. Yeah. You just have to, you could even just book the appointment if you're feeling brave. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't have to book it for that day. You can say like in two weeks from now, I'm going to go get a haircut. And that's something that you then get to look forward to. Um, because I think the hardest, yeah, the hardest part about getting out of depression is having something to look at in the future and be like, that's a good thing that is going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it's about finding those smaller things. Cause I think we're all looking at, you know, we all talk about the future. We, we talk about the future as it being really big. Um, but when you're going through depression, sometimes it's about those small things. And I know I have definitely mentioned on the podcast that for me, like one of the things that stopped me, uh, from, from self-harming and, and from further, further destruction was like looking forward to a movie that was coming out. And I was like, well, I can't kill myself cause I got to watch that movie. You know, which Idris once, needs me in the cinema. He needs me to support him. You know, it's certain things like that where you're like, it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else, but mm. as long as it makes sense in your brain to be like, well, this is a thing I am looking forward to. It might not be the world's biggest goal that I am kicking, but I'm still kicking a goal. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. again, if that seems too overwhelming, you can ask your friends for help with that. Mm. If you're, yeah. you can be like, hey, can you plan something for us to do? <laughs> In a week, that yeah. would be the biggest help for me. And you can say that. You can be like, I need something to look forward to. Can you plan something even if Maybe it's small? Maybe don't mention that it, yeah. your, it, your life's depending on it. That might be a bit of pressure for them. But just be like, it would be very helpful yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, it would be very yeah. helpful to me if I had a weekly thing, if I knew that we were going to catch up, if I knew that, like, whatever it mm. may be, having something to look forward to in the future. That is an anxiety-inducing because that's where you've got to, like, draw this line. Yeah. Mm. of like it can't be so big that it starts causing anxiety because I know like for for me like my big thing is crowds so like when people would like my friends would be like let's go to the bar and let's like have a big night like for me that was too much but they were like do you want to come over for pizza that was like the fucking sweet zone for me where I was like I get to see my friends and be social and feel loved but at the same time I'm not overwhelmed Mm. yeah um you know so there there I think for the little things they're all just they're they're all achievable goals that you just need to figure out how your brain comprehends doing them. You know, I yeah. think in this mm. message there are some really big things that I think I think each of us here in this this pod can can touch on certain elements of it, you know, reading this. The reason that I picked this is because as I was reading it, I was like, oh, George, oh, Cass, oh, Zoe. Like I was reading it knowing little parts that we could help with. As Cass says, like, all your friends have, like, a little one thing that they're good at. Mm. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, for me reading this, I I understand your feelings towards infertility. I absolutely understand that. That is probably the hardest thing that I've gone through in my life. Finding out that it's not, as your your partner said, like a completely infertile, like finding out that you've got like a, a 1% success rate for me was way harder than finding out that, that it was completely Zero. off the table. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That tiny it's the slither. hope that kills you. It's the hope that kills you. But at the same time, I, I made the exact same decision you did. I did not want to go through any medical intervention because I did not think it was going to be the correct choice for me. And I still stand by that 10 years later that the idea of, for me, going through IVF, going through hormone treatments – would be very detrimental to my mental health, which is a fragile, fragile thing. So for me, medical intervention was was an option, like, but it wasn't an option I wanted to take. And I made that decision really, really young, and I think a lot of people were really concerned that I would change my mind about it as I got older. And a lot of people were like, well, why don't you just freeze eggs? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that in case you change your mind later? I can tell you that it has been 10 years since my diagnosis. I have never once changed my mind. Yeah. Um, I am so happy with the choice that I made because I've been able to make my peace with it because Mm -hmm. time has passed. The one thing I got told while going through all of this, and and I don't know if I want kids. I think that's, like, I'm still so unsure if I want kids, if it's something that I want to do in the future or not. Um, But the one thing I got told that really helped everything was that however I come about doing that, I'm going to love my kids wholeheartedly. And for me, that was it. That was the answer was like, for me, I didn't want to go through IVF. I knew I didn't want to go through IVF. Adoption and fostering had felt so alien until someone said, you'll be fine doing it. Yeah. Doesn't matter how you get them, you'll have them and they're yours and you'll love them. Exactly. So for me, that that 
every decision I had made up until that point, I was like, I'm good. So it's hard. And, and I, I went through the same thing because I was dating this guy and he just could not comprehend the concept of not having biological kids and we broke up. <laughs> and he was a man who understands you and gives you support. Uh, now I'm with – as he's just there backing me up being like, yes, Zoe, That's yes. That's right, Zoe. Uh, you don't need – Yes, you, you don't need no man. You, you don't need any other babies but me. <laughs> he is. He's my son. He's my, he's my yeah. child. But – um. No, I, I did. I did. I was dating a guy. He we he couldn't comprehend it. And we were really young. Like we were like, you know, 19 years old, 18, 19 years old going through this. And that's not really what you're thinking about at 18 no. and 19. No. Um, but he just couldn't comprehend it and, and knew that he really wanted to have biological kids. He knew he really wanted to be a dad. And he knew that he wanted to go through the whole process of pregnancy and everything like that. Um. And that was it because that was like a fundamental thing we couldn't change about one another. And that's okay. It's not what I needed in that moment. I needed my partner to be supportive yep. <laughs> and not think about him. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but like, but, see this, it's funny but, doing the opposite what it sounds like happened in that, in that question that she asked because it sounds like she was mm. overly concerned about the partner looking after themselves and being like, oh, I'll just break up with you because we can't figure this out. There's got to be a middle grab between these two dudes, basically. There's, yeah, I'm, and I'm sure there is. I'm sure I just haven't, like, interacted with mm. them. Well, I, I think that was the end of the day. Is that... well, and you would have wanted him to lie. I did. I did. Yes, I did. I did. Yes, and I didn't yes, want him to lie. Yes. And, and I, I guess, you know, in that moment, and it's all, it always comes down to the same thing, is that bad people aren't inherently doing bad things to hurt you just most of the time they're just doing the selfish thing. They're doing what's right for them. And in that moment, him expressing those feelings, like I just found out, like it was the conversation where I was like, I just found out I can't have kids. And he was like, that's okay. crazy. I don't. Yeah. Timing. Not, no okay, great. Yeah. The timing yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Timing it, this isn't yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> Same convo. This you know, isn't a, a consistent conversation ongoing yeah. for a number of years. Like what it sounds okay, like. No, no. We were, it was literally today. like, what else? yeah, it was, yeah. it was really a like three hour kind of window for, for this little yeah. angel. Um, he's, which also he's terrible. Nineteen, I guess. Uh, time's different for those guys. Yeah, there's the shit's like different, years. you know. No, no, we were. We oh, were. I, I, if, fuck, I'm the, I was the dumbest man on earth at nine. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, if I, Being if supportive. I had to live with decisions. Well, no, I was. Well, who knows? But if I had to live yeah. with decisions that I made when I was eighteen and nineteen, now, like, fuck, I found like, um, uh, this is. Com- Sorry, Zoe. Please, uh, I, I I found like a we um, talk about doozies. Uh, no, well, I found I I was recently like moved house, and I found a letter that I wrote. I don't know how old I was, but I was older than I was. I was. It was written to me at age nineteen, and I can't remember when. I, I can't remember writing oh. it. I was probably very sad, but yeah. <laughs> well, but but it was a weird letter because I know that when I was eighteen and nineteen, I was fucking miserable and I hated everything and I dropped out of university and I lost. So much weight, my my pa thought I had cancer. So that was good. Oh my um, god! So, oh god! <laughs> he thought my mum was lying to him when she's like, "No, he does." He's like, "You're lying. He looks sick." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm just sad." Um, which is a type I, of sick. Yeah, just not what was dealt with yet. Yeah, <laughs> correct, correct. Um, but no, I found this letter, and it was this thing of like, um, I've written a letter to my 19 year old self, and I reckon I must have written it like older. But in it, it was like, hey, 
it's real where you are right now is really shit and really bad. But I'm over here and we got out. Like we got mm. through that like you know, you got we got through that part and so like looking back at the decisions you make as at 19, they're not decisions. You're just like you literally get spat out of high school, right? You have an ordered routine for what 12 years? 12 yeah. years? Mm. You get spat out of high school and you just have to white knuckle it. And they're just like, so you're not, this is adulthood. We prepared you for it for the last 12 years. And you're like, no, you fucking didn't. You didn't yeah. give me fucking shit. What every are time taxes? I tried to be, every time I tried to be an adult, you were like, well, hey, just, just grow up slowly, kiddo. And then you're out there d- doing all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, when to have that situation unfold at that age and make those decisions, that would absolutely suck. But I guess... The Zoe now writing a letter back mm. to nineteen-year-old Zoe is like, "Hey, you—it sucked, but we got here, and we—the decision we made then, absolutely the right decision." Yeah. And so the follow-on from that is to our letter writer: write a letter to nineteen-year-old you, or imagine the letter that thirty-five-year-old you is writing thirty-year-old you now, or the forty-year-old yeah. you is, and is like, "Hey, I—I I, I got to here. So whatever, whatever is going on here, we got to here." So just every time you go to get it, you know that there's the there's a future version of you, and this is coming from someone who, for I, I still am not great at it. I can't project myself too far into the future in my own head. Don't know why. Not going to look into it ever. No. Um, <laughs> but that's just I think something that can help address whether the decisions you're making now are going to be the right ones because you don't you don't know until until you make them. So just like lie to yourself. Mm. And at the same time, like that decision isn't isn't a bad decision. It's actually like a really smart decision that if you don't feel like you're, for lack of a better word, like strong enough to go through, because the process of IVF is is so much. Hmm. You know, it's so hard on the body. It's so hard mentally. There's so many hormonal changes. It is a really hard process to go through. And if you can look at you've got to go all in. Yeah, if you can't a hundred percent commit to it, then don't do it Absolutely because it's not. not like, it's so hard. And I know, like, looking at myself, because that's, you know, that was, for me, I was like, ah, oh, look, the little Zoe fucking answer here. Is that I, I don't regret it. I don't regret the choices I made. There are days where I'm sad about it, yes. But I do not regret the choices that I made because the choices I made were right for me then and they stayed right because they were my choice. Yeah. You know, you can be so overprepared for everything you do in your life. But the fact of the matter is that w- the, the life will throw you these stupid-ass fucking curveballs and you've just got to, as Tom said, white-knuckle it and you just got to make a choice and that choice will be right because you made it. For what it's worth, from someone who has the sort of f- the classic female setup, that seems like such a reasonable decision to make, like to not want to go through that. Like, just, I'm not as removed as not having the bits, but it still seems so reasonable. So I just wanted to say for someone who's, like, not in it, it's still, like, that's still fine. Like, Mm. you're not, that's not a weird decision to make. That seems so, so reasonable. And, like, I wouldn't even say, like, not even, like, oh, you're not uh, strong enough or something. It's like, Mm. no, that. That's that's a really strong choice. Yeah. Like that's 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 so intense, you know. And you have the the beauty of it is that like, like you made a choice and the choice was tough, but you made it, mm. and that's fucking amazing. And not only that, like you have the extra layer of this immigrant family, which 
is is as as a woman, as a woman from like as a second gen person, oh fucking hell, you know. And once again, I use woman in return in regards to myself with the fucking finger quotes, but like my family's perception of me is female, and I know that my whole life the expectation from me was to be a mum. That's like you know we're wog. That's like how we we do. The women spit out babies and the men herd some goats. Like, that's what we've done for Maybe. A, yeah, a million, <laughs> million generations. And then we moved to this other country and, and shit's different and they, they're not quite mm. sure how to handle that. No, 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 no immigrant family is like, like being like, oh, my kids adjusted really well mm. to being in this new no, country. They have these kids <laughs> who, who are very much the product of their environment. And then they get mad at their kids for being that way. And it's like, well, you moved countries. Of course, we're not like the village anymore because we have, we've never been there. We're not in the old country. This we're not in the old country. The new country. This, this is why you moved here. And like, I, I, mm. for George, it might have, it might be a bit different being a guy, but my experience, they always like the, the goal is to get married and have kids. Yeah, no, nah, for me, it's not, uh, my, my, no, I get heaps of pressure on that, but at the same time, yeah. but I've got to like, I've got three brothers who all have kids now, so it definitely feels like less pressure in a way, even though I do get guilted constantly, but in my no. head, I'm like, well, you've got plenty. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> have yeah. this, this grand is less babies. intense. Like, if I was yeah. the only option, I would probably feel guiltier, but like, you got plenty. I'm okay. So like. That, that comes into my brain a bit. It's always like when I talk about kids as well, my perspective is I have so many nephews and nieces now that I am getting a half deal with kids. Anyway, so I'm not mm. in a position to be like, I don't need kids because like I am getting them kind of. So for me, it's very yeah. easy to say, kids, whatever, because like I'm surrounded by so many and I don't have to deal with them the rest of the time. So it's great. Yeah. I can go home yeah. and watch a movie. Oh, um, Uncle Powers are great. Oh, so good. So like... <laughs> It's it, it's writ so I actually can't really get into this debate much because uh, I am lucky enough to be able to experience a version of it without it. So yeah, it'll be a lot hard for someone who's never had it and maybe wants to see what that's like. And then of course adoption stuff is there. So yeah, it's yeah, it's always it's really odd. Like I was talking to my mum recently about all my 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 relationship with the idea of parenthood. And, and, you know, I got the, the added fucking level of a bunch of gender dysphoria shit as well. So, like, ugh. Like, it, the whole concept seems very foreign. Uh, the idea of, like, motherhood seems very foreign to me now in this moment. But I was talking to my mum and I was like, hey, I'm 30. The old wogs are so mad that I don't have a baby. Like, they're so mad that I haven't settled down and had a kid and I, I need some support interacting with them because I can't do it on my own. Because you can't punch Nonna at I Easter. I can't punch Nonna at Easter. I can't punch Nonna at Easter. I was going to say the big issue is actually the extended family you deal with every day, so at least they get some used to it, but the constant extended family yeah. you get like such a It's so up. like every time I see my grandparents – it becomes like, why aren't you married? Why don't you have kids? You know, my yaya, who is probably one of the most supportive people in my life, like my Christmas card this year said, like, I hope you find a good boyfriend and settle down. Like, you can tell that it's on their mind that I haven't yeah. procreated yeah. yet. I, I, I think in that... Well, no, we never told well, yeah. them. 
Oh, why no, not? fair. Because it's none of their business. I feel like, like no. true, but it's, also... it, I'm absolutely not having that conversation with them. It's none of their business. <laughs> yeah, isn't it, like, just for the sake of like, they're, they're actually dealing with incomplete information when they say these things. So it's actually I, I, less... I, I, I could not have that conversation with them. I, I don't, they would, they would not be able to comprehend it. Mm. Yeah, they'd be, it'd be. Well, then why did you make that shot? Why didn't you do this instead? Why didn't you do yeah. this instead? Why did look, you wait I, so long? I don't know. I'm someone yeah, no, like, like at you, probably yes. not yeah. good. Like, yeah. Imagine no. you because imagine you're going seeing someone. You're like, oh, I can't wait for you guys to have kids. They don't tell you that they can't, and then you're like, fuck. Now I'm a monster. Like, is it be talking? They, no, they won't different. think that. They won't think they that. Won't that think you that. think they have empathy? They don't. Mm. So uh, my my belief is anytime, and I've got two things. So the first one is anytime uh, the, like an older generation person is like, why haven't you had kids? Why are you getting married? Why are you doing this? I think we should be able to write them a card back mm. that just says, hey, old fucker, why aren't you dead yet? And nice. I sincerely. <laughs> um, and then sincerely they're like, well, Tom. Ask that? Sincerely <laughs> Tom. I, I'm basically but- the fact that like, most people are not. Maybe yes, there are rubbish people. There's so many nice people who would say the exact same thing because they're used oh, to it. Oh, hundred percent. So like, hundred percent. Like we can't jump on that too harshly. I think, and people mean it in the nice way where they're like, "Why don't you have kids?" Because it's a nice thing. Right? No, everyone's getting that letter you. from me. Have kids because I'm going to be mean to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think I think just connecting, wanting to have children, parenthood, and 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 grandparents and family stuff, and I think a lot of that's wrapped up in what we've been talking about and what the sort of Letter said, and I do. George, you'll appreciate this. Uh, when I read a book and I find a quote from a book that I like, I save it as a note in my phone to go back to later. Um, and there was one that I was thinking of reading this. So it's it's about a boy, but you could literally put in any kind of child figure. And I think so many people who have children or are parents don't understand. For me, the core principle of being, I'm never going to have kids. It's a choice that I've made. I don't. It's I'm cool being me and that's fine. Mm. And some my brother's going to have a, f- a bunch, and I like being an uncle. But I think if you're going to be a parent, if you want to have kids, before you even think about, you know, I want to, like the idea of being obsessed with oh, it has to be my biological mm. children, ignores the fact that that's not the point of being a parent. Uh, and so the quote is: uh, "No boy owes his parents. Parents owe their children everything, always and unconditionally, and that's the way it goes. And that's it. Mm. You, your kids don't owe you anything." Because you've brought them in, you've you've. If they are like, thank you very much, you brought me into the world. I'm not having children or getting married. And you're like, but but that, but I want grandchildren. Okay, have another kid, and then roll the dice again, because it's it's chance. Your kid might turn out to be completely different to you. They might be completely something else. If if the reason that you're having children is so that you can have your own legacy, that's the wrong reason to have kids. And I think I've been not not. Uh, I've been in a relationship with someone whose relationship with their mother was similar to what this sounds mm. like. Not you and your mum, Zoe. No. <laughs> Just no I, have a great, I have a great relationship with my mum. Your mum is lovely. Um, but it's that thing of where I think people and grandparents, they they get so caught up in in their legacy and what they are owed and what is owed to them and that their children are extensions of them and their grandchildren are extensions of them. And it's like, that's, that's not it. The way it mm. works is, is that everyone you, everyone in your life is a story and it changes in the telling each time someone new comes along and you don't get to dictate how that story plays out. And I think there are, there are people who just, through mental health or just through their upbringing, cannot view their, their kids as being, 
separate from them. So when they make a choice that's different or when they follow a path that's different or when they do something that's different or when they're struggling, uh, uh, the first instance is, oh, it makes me look bad as a parent, therefore they're bad because I can't look bad as a parent or all the other nonos and nonos are going to be like, you're shit, you've only got 18 grandchildren instead yeah. of 35. And it's, I think a lot of people lose lose track of that. And um, basically, I think the point that I am trying to make on this tangent is <laughs> that, that fuck them. Um, yeah. You don't owe your you don't owe your lineage anything. You don't owe your like yes you, you owe them in your existence, but the minute you uh you you were born and existed, all bets are off. Mm. <laughs> all bets are off. Yeah, and um, it sounds like know, they, it's, that's, I think that's easy to say, but I think it's no, more like you take no, pieces it's not over easy. them rather than they you don't owe anything. You do owe them heaps, and for them being giving you a loving supporting environment, it's 100%. great for them being abusive and stuff. But you you're number one. So, like, I, I, don't, I disagree in saying you don't owe them anything. It's more like you don't owe them as much as you owe yourself <laughs> is how I would put yeah. it. And if yeah, they were loving, but they would you can't, that. It's, it's like those parents who fucking count every penny that they spent on their kid and they use that the as, yeah, like that's what I think Tom's saying is that you don't mm. owe them anything in the same way that, like, like, you don't owe them all the money they spent on fucking diapers when you were a baby because you didn't ask to be born and you didn't ask to fucking shit constantly. What you owe them is to be you. And like yeah, what you owe them is thing. to be you. Yeah, like to take yeah. put yourself first, not them. Like that's what you yeah. owe them. So, And it sounds like with the, the dynamic that the, the uh, this person who's written in is saying is that their parents both individually have issues um, that, that, that they are choosing not to deal with so they can't be a support, a support network for this person. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. They're not in the right mindset. Like, as I said, it was, you know, their mother's a narcissist and their dad's emotionally distant. Like, if they're not in the right mindset within themselves to be able to take care of someone, how can you ask them to be your support network? How can you get a good support network from that? Speaking of that, this is a slight tangent, but I feel like mm. just because just I saw it and I kind of underlined it when we, you were reading there. Yeah. So, um, and look, this is interesting because I think this is a topic we might have opinions about. Mm. Um, when she said the sentence, I took my family out to expensive dinners to thank them for their support during the process. And then in brackets, she's gone, of course, they weren't grateful for it at all. That interests me because like, do they have to be grateful <laughs> like for an expensive dinner? You know, like, so I'm, I'm when people go through shitty times and so you would actually agree with this, I think you could be a pretty selfish person to yeah. everyone around you in a way that is actually quite trying on the people around you. Um, and it's a big test for them, which you can understand them maybe not hitting the right spot for a lot of the time. And so I don't know if she's this person is like that bad. Maybe they are horrible. <laughs> wall to wall, her friends and family. I think if but you don't there's a case know, where like you put so much on people don't, and then if, they if don't hit that. Yeah, if you're going through it, and like I said, like anxiety makes you a bit of an asshole. Um, if you're going through it and like this person said, is that they don't know how to ask for help. So if you don't know how to express to the ones around you, how they can help you, then they're not going to know. You know, I always use the example, you know, when I talk about this is that like, for me, my mom's love language is physical touch. For me, that is like my absolute like version of help, you know, and, and my mom having to relearn how to express concern and love and support in a way that was not her natural instinct um, was the greatest show of support 
that I'd yeah. ever received. Because my mum could have kept giving me hugs because it made her feel better because she felt like she was helping. But instead she listened and said, like, well, my kid is expressing that they don't. Like, my kid is expressing they are sa- communicating to me, you know, which is the important thing. That's, like, she didn't, she couldn't read minds. Like, I had to say to her, you know, like, this isn't helping me. I actually need you to do something else. Um, and she took that on board. And as hard as it was for her to do that, she still did it because she knew that's how I needed to be taken care of in that mm. moment. And then I went to therapy to get better at hugging so I could then pay her back. <laughs> that, that's the healthiest <laughs> Exchange of things I've ever heard. Yeah. And now I'm okay at hugging people. But on that note of reciprocity, George, like the way I interpreted that is something I really like about, you know, being alive and having friends is that sometimes you just get stuck in these little loops and maybe that's what friendship is. You just keep doing things for each other. And because there is that mutual like respect and appreciation and there ends up being reciprocity. So it's like this beautiful little back and forth, this little tennis ball of love. So it'll be someone being like, oh, hey, you're having a rough day. I've brought you soup. And you're like, oh, my God, thank you. You didn't have to do that. They're like, nah, it's fine. And then like the next week they're like, oh, hey, your car broke down. I'll drive you to the thing. You're like, oh, my God, thank you. They're like, oh, it's fine. And like you keep going back and forth Mm. and you wouldn't notice you wouldn't notice that you're constantly doing things for each other unless one of you stopped, and mm. then it would feel a bit weird. And I think that, it, like, if this person is like, oh, I, like, not not consciously, no one's, like, getting into an, a relationship being like, hey, 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 time to finesse this for my own gain. <laughs> um, no, that's me every time, but- <laughs> always, constantly. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, if you, if, you, do the calculation you know. Early, the cost-benefit. Yeah, yeah. You- yeah, George, we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> but if your family's being supportive and you're like, oh, I want to show my gratitude, and then when you do show your gratitude and you expect them to be like, oh, thank you, and it's going to be this nice back and forth of, hey, look at all these examples of how much we care about each other and this, like, constant reassurance and reciprocity of, you know, mutual respect, essentially, and then you send it out there and they just give you nothing back and you're like, oh, okay, that kind of makes mm. it feel a bit mm. weird. And I think yeah. I that's that's how I interpret it anyway, being like someone does something nice for you, so you want to say thank you, and then they do something nice for you again, you say thank you, and then it swaps back and forth. But if, if, if you did something nice for someone and then they stopped or they just never did, you would notice because mm. – and I think the main thing is – really highlights and I think it's one of those emotions that you can feel sometimes and it's not really always easy to put a finger on why and it's one of those things where you never fight about the thing you're fighting about but it shows that you and the other person care about each other at different levels and that feels awful Mm. so you end up getting upset that someone didn't do something for you and it's not that they didn't do something for you because if it didn't if another person didn't do that thing for you everyone else didn't do that thing for you don't you don't care it's that you thought that you both cared about each other the same amount and that's where yeah. things like what Zoe was talking about like love languages and stuff come into it because you might not know how to interpret what they're doing or they might not know how to interpret what you're doing and that's why communication is really important but doing things like that I think that hurts the most when you're like oh wow yep you wouldn't do that for me oh, oh god I would do that more for you that hurts. Yeah. That hurts me that very take, much. That does require communication, though. Like, as in, yeah, even if you're the one being nice, and then they're ungrateful, quote unquote. Then it's like maybe chat to them, and they'll be like, "What? I've been. We drove you to this thing last week, and we called you whenever you feel down, and I didn't realize you felt like that." And they might be very supportive in doing all these things where you've taken that for granted, and maybe they took your thing for granted, which 
That's okay, a thing that yeah, can be very common. Yeah, very valid, and I think communication is really important for that reason. But I, that is to me why that was so disappointing mm. to be yeah, like, hey, no. I recognized this. Here's my recognition of that. Oh, yeah. Nothing. Cool. Yeah. I feel Especially very when it was, good. it was a yes. moment where you probably really did want to hear about their pride. Yeah. In you. Yeah. Like, Thanks for taking us out for dinner. It was really fancy. We're very proud of everything you've achieved. Yeah. Wait, and wait. I also think, yeah, like the, the little bit- victory lap. <laughs> well, yeah, but the and the two key pieces of information being that mother being a narcissist, dad being emotionally unavailable, emotionally distant is like, well, yeah, they weren't going to reciprocate. They were never yeah. going to. Say thanks for dinner. That, like what? What dad is going to like ever do? My that? dad. You my dad. Nice my to dad. Entire life. You just my dad. My, with it. My, oh, dad. my dad. My dad. The car. The car that I got serviced that I talked about the other episode uh, is a car that my dad gave to me because my car got stolen during COVID and then we went into lockdown and he was like, "You just keep that one and buy, buy it off me later." Um, and he bought a new car and then when I tried to pay him for the car, he sent me the money back. So that's beautiful. Dad's, oh, my, Terrence like, Reed, you beautiful angel. <laughs> my my dad is a is a is a good, and I know that not everyone has the same relationship that I have with my dad. But I'm very lucky in that the relationship I have with my family is very open and honest. My the only downside is so I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast before. My dad is a counselor. Um, that is his job. So if you ever want to vent to anybody, do not vent to that. Yeah. Man. Because you'll be like, oh, I really hate this person at work. He's like, yeah, but why do you think they feel that way? And you're like, shut up, Dad. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to um, be a bitch for a little bit. <laughs> so I think if, if yeah, hilarious. It, 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 it feels like the dinner was almost like the person testing their family to be like, hey, I wonder if this is a, a, a bit like what Cass is saying. I want to test where they are. And then the answer being, oh, that fucking sucks. Um, so I think have a dinner I I just feel like for your I'm, friends. Have a I'm dinner just, for your friends. So do the party family, that you're you just planning. Assume stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like unless it's discussed and asked, you can't just assume. Especially with a family, we've got such established dynamics. It could just be the normal thing where you don't mention that stuff at all. Ah, oh, we know you're a hard ass. You killed. You killed all this stuff. We've never even thought about it like that, or something like that. I don't but know. But do you not I, think like that? That's yeah. I think it, you're but right. It the is point a toxic is, if you relationship. Haven't communicated it, then you can't know. And we all live in our own heads, and we all sometimes can have the habit of overplaying what we do and downplaying what others do in terms of because Always. we're not living their lives. So if you don't have that conversation or attempt, but to, I think then that- you're not getting anywhere. Like, as in, it's not true. You're living in a fantasy of your own making until you've confirmed externally you've got to talk to them you have to talk to them like that's it yeah i just think especially if I, immigrant out for I think yeah george is george is technically right <laughs> technically. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to be technically right otherwise i don't get i, don't get I got nothing yeah. I hey, George, I'm going to you- take you out for a nice dinner and you better fucking say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if I, I, I might not. You just let me know and then I'll be like, oh, fuck, yeah. No, nah, man, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a third-born uh, child. I assume people are going to just uh, pay that's why. That's I don't know why. what's going on. So if people get upset, I'm like, man, of course, what, I'll give you everything. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I've never been grateful for anything before ever. Exactly. Because I just assume, like, it's so... I don't people know have doing. to love me. Yeah, basically. So that's what I'm saying. It's a bit... If you haven't had that conversation, and don't get me wrong, there could be terrible people and it could go terribly. You could be unable to, there could be a million reasons why you can't. I don't have that information. But sitting here with the dynamics that I've dealt with in my life, people just don't see outside of what's going on. So like, if you don't highlight this stuff, it's going to go unacknowledged and then you're going to build it up in your own head 
And then you might eventually have a conversation. They'll say something and you'll be like, fuck, I was wrong this whole time. And I'm still upset because this is what I've lived with the last five years. So you're going to have to give me a few days to get over this anger that was misplaced because we're all humans and emotions don't turn off as soon as you get presented with new information. But yeah, I just feel like if you don't have that conversation, you, especially with an immigrant family, if you don't have that conversation, you're not, it's not fair on them. It's just not. It's, I think for for myself, learning to be more co- communicative with my parents especially has completely and utterly changed my dynamic with them yeah. and, and our relationship together because I think if you'd asked late teen, early 20 Zoe what their dynamic would be like, I, I don't th- – I could not comprehend my parents bending in any way. Mm. And then we started family therapy. <laughs> and then um, n- now they are my favourite people in the whole wide world. Come to the therapy. That's wild. Yeah, which which I understand the luck of that. I understand, <laughs> like, that I was very lucky to have a family that was willing to do that for me because I was really struggling. Um, and I, I understand that a lot of people will not have parents that would be willing to do that. Um, but learning to be more communicative with them absolutely changed our dynamic and changed how we view one another. And George is technically right that <laughs> if if you talk to them, it's it might not be the outcome that is good or that you want or is healthy for you in that moment, but it will be an answer. Mm. And then at least then if it's good, then it's good and you can work on it. If it's bad, then you can just be like, wash your hands of it and be like, these are bad people and I don't have to be around them. Mm. You can. Yeah. But either way, at least you'll be dealing with the accurate representation. Like I, people trust their own, especially when it comes to when you're emotional, you shouldn't trust your own opinion on anything ever. <laughs> like as in you are so susceptible to getting, that's your why brain- you write into a podcast. Yeah, and four dumb fucking idiots say yeah. that no, I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm right. No, I'm right. I was just gonna say I'm, I'm, I'm totally supporting gaslighting in a way right now because I'm like, you don't trust your own opinions, all right? Just listen to someone. Else. You know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you're saying, babe. All right, but like the point is, a lot of times that's not how it happened at all. You need to, but you do have to step outside yourself. That doesn't mean you got to trust yourself to step outside yourself, and that's mm. a part of what I mean. Like, as in. Be like, okay, I'm feeling this, so maybe I would be doing this, so let's have a look at the things correctly. So don't completely throw out any trust in yourself, but have a healthy openness to other opinions as well without defining everything by it. So that's what I mean. Still trust yourself and your opinion on reality. (laughs) And on that note, I think we've answered that question perfectly. Uh, With no flaws and every word should be listened to verbatim. Uh, I'm Zoe B. I'm Cass. I'm George. And I'm Tom. And we are good at air fixing lives. I feel like yep. I'm pro. Am I pro gaslighting? Is that what it sounds like? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Okay, speak to your friends. Ask them to help them help you. Nice. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with us for some very unprofessional advice that goes beyond just go to therapy, feel free to email us on happylittlepod at gmail.com and make sure you put summer in the email okay to air if you're happy to have us discuss it on the show. Hope you have a great day. You're not alone. We love you. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. 